0: Hello and welcome to the Evolution Sports Podcast. I'm your host Andrew Ferraro with my co-host Dave Sanders. Uh, we got a special pod coming to you this week. Uh, I'm actually just
1: gonna kick it to Dave. Let him get started. Yeah, so we have my friend uh, Harry from West Virginia on, uh, big Mets, Jets, Nets, Devils fan. Wanted to have him on just to talk a little bit about being a Mets, Jets, and Nets fan and how hard that's been for him um, and how he stuck with it though and he hasn't become a bandwagon fan, you know, jumping all over the place. So Harry, welcome to the pod. Ah, oh, thank you for having me, guys. I've been uh, listening to you guys recently, and you guys are killing it, doing a great job. Thanks, man. Happy to have you on. Thank you. I guess, I guess, let's start with the Mets. I think that's what you're most fired up about. That is, um, that is indeed. So, give us your, uh, like, your 30
2: seconds on the Mets. Just where do they stand right now? Right now, to be honest, I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Okay. Um, Honestly, I just wish they would have gone, done a little bit more and gone all in like they should, like most teams with good ownerships do. But, unfortunately, the Mets have the Wilpons as the owners. So, for having them as the owners, this team is pretty good. Um, I still really wish we would have signed that one big bat. I thought Manny Machado was perfect for the Mets, third baseman, big righty. Um, The Mets have a great, um, good supporting hitters all around the team, all solid players. I think the best uh, starting pitcher pitching staff in baseball and one of the top, uh, I would say top five um, bullpens in baseball. So I just think if they just would have gotten that big bat, they honestly could have been World Series contenders. I'm still optimistic, though. I do think they could be a playoff team. And if things are going well, they do tend to uh, like to add a player. Um, right before the uh, trading deadline or any time in the year, as long as um, things are going well. But overall, I'd say I'm optimistic, but again, frustrated at the same time, just because we have the Wilpons as our owners and what they should be doing right now is signing that one big bet.
1: Yeah, I got you. That that pitching staff, you're right, is pretty solid. When you've got Syndergaard, DeGrom, DeGrom, Shit, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Zach Wheeler. <laughs> Zach Wheeler. There's, there's, apparently, it's the best one We be should be able to rattle them all off. That's true. That's true. Uh, and they, their bullpen, they got Edwin Diaz. So, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, I mean, with this staff, it is kind of disappointing that they've only had, I guess,
2: two playoff appearances over the last couple years. Yeah. Um, it's very frustrating. And they really did hit the lottery with the pitching staff, too. Um, the ground wasn't even supposed to uh, be the ace and yeah he was a late round pick who just shocked everyone um came up became rookie of the year he's incredible he's by far my favorite player on the Mets. and then Syndergaard he's phenomenal um we knew when we were getting him I um, mean yeah, he wasn't the main guy in the uh, in the trade but when we got him we knew like he was gonna be the real deal and Wheeler was supposed to be the have the most upside out of all the guys and um yeah, then Matt, if he could ever stay healthy, as a solid number four, and um, and number five hole, I obviously I'm not too thrilled to have Jason Vargas there. Um, I personally would love for them to go sign Gio Gonzalez. I think that's the perfect number five guy. But again, the Willpons not like to spend <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, <laughs> the best uh, we could hope for, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing a the theme here. Um, yep. Yeah, I guess looking at the NL East, it's really stacking up as four solid teams with just everybody beating up on the Marlins. I guess, Drew, what's your take on the division?
0: Um, I think it's one of the stronger ones in baseball. Uh, you take a look at the Braves. Uh, you know They've done it from the young guys. They've got Acuna, Albiles, a bunch of young guys to kind of bolster them up. I think the Nats take a step back. Uh, obviously, losing Harper is going to be an issue, but they do have some ridiculously good prospects like Robles coming up. Um, Mets made some moves. So, I mean, they added Cano, Diaz, and a couple of those trades. They signed Wilson Ramos, who's above average, Lowry. Mm-hmm. So they made some moves. Uh, I think it's the Phillies division, if you want a personal answer. Uh, I had to pick it. I think we go Phillies, Braves, Mets. Mets and Nassau are pretty close. And obviously Miami
1: is just terrible. Yeah, what would you put there? I guess, Harry, how many wins do you think the the Marlins could get this year with that kind of a division around them? not many. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> if I had to guess, I would say probably somewhere in the low 70s, maybe high 60s. That pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, pretty uh, bad.
0: I mean, Bleacher 100
2: losses report. is well in play. Oh yeah.
0: So Bleacher Report has them uh, and this was in early February when the article came out at 55 and 107. Okay. was before Hopper yeah. got signed and all the other moves.
2: Wow. Yeah, not having JT there. They are one yeah. bat. Yeah, they're gonna be pretty terrible.
1: Yeah. yeah, I guess if we transition over to the NBA, um, Nets fandom. Nets moved from Jersey to Brooklyn. Prokhorov came in. That was pretty exciting for a little while. That, and you that had
2: to. <laughs> right. The best part of the Mikhail Prokhorov era was before everything started when his press conference. <laughs> yeah. Killed that. Um... The videos of him
1: like jet skiing. You're like, oh, this
2: guy's cool. Yeah, we thought he's just gonna be <laughs> spending money like nonstop. Up. Like He's promised everyone he's going to win a championship within the first five years. Otherwise, he was going to have to get married. Um, yeah, he was making all these promises. And when he bought the team, yeah, we had such high expectations. But then things were seemed to have been going well. But then he hired uh, probably the worst GM in sports history, Billy King. Um, that was pretty much the downfall. And um, yeah, from there, it was... It's been a lot of misery, but I would say I do think we are in the going the right direction now, um, getting out of the uh, getting out of the uh, terrible years these past few years. Uh, I do think we are in good shape though with Sean, Sean Marks and uh, Kenny Atkinson. Um, I am hopeful and I am excited uh, going forward.
1: Yeah, I like what they've done recently. Um, I know Drew and I know Billy King's work very well. And with the Sixers, he tried to max everybody or give give long-term contracts to the supporting cast of Iverson, which really was just a cast of role players. Yep. Um, and then when he did uh, the Garnett-Pierce deal, that just crushed him for such a long time. Um, but I would say moving forward, I do like what they've made. They've been making these moves to acquire draft picks, whether it's been taking on salaries or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, Drew, what's your outlook for the Nets going forward?
0: Uh,
1: I mean, it's, it's
0: getting better, but yep. – Getting better from the basement not really that hard. Um, I think really you've seen a lot where it. what it takes is you have to get your stars. you got to get somebody that can really kind of carry your team. Um, in this day and age in the NBA, you need two or three. So not quite there. Um, I like the Russell deal they made. I think that's really paying off well for them. I mean, yeah, I love that move. move. Yeah, that was a really good one. You know, they've got some decent younger guys that can kind of work around. A couple guys I really like, you know. Chapala, Nate Pierce, just my boy. He always has been. <laughs> sorry, okay. He's not. He's not. that great, but he's my boy. Um, yeah. I just but just backing up. Do we really think Billy Little's the worst GM in all sports?
2: Billy King. I yeah. Billy for King. Sorry, I, like Billy, I my- honestly, I know he has a lot of competition, but just for my sports fandom, well, I would say second out of my sports fandom. The worst one of all times still is John Inzik. Um Those two years with the Jets, he was just that bad, and he set them back. So far, but yeah. I feel was a close second, though. Um, at the time, I didn't think it was the worst move um, making that trade. But if you're going to make that trade, you got to go all in with it. It's like as soon as he makes that trade, he signs Jason Kidd as the head coach, first-time head coach. That made no sense. If you're going to have all those experienced guys blend them in together, you have to have someone who's coached for. Then what really frustrated me is after giving up all those assets, they pretty much abandoned ship right away the next season they didn't after spending all of that money they didn't want to re-sign Paul Pierce for yes at the time 15 million dollars was not worth it but by already committing like they did they should have at least gone for it for one more year um and yeah and then Danny Ainge just seriously uh outsmarted him and that was probably one of the best deals of all time uh for an NBA franchise to get all of those draft picks um so at the time I, I- I know a lot of the pressure came because of Mikhail Prokhorov wanting to win right away. Um, But yeah, my biggest thing was it's not essentially what was not as much essentially uh, giving up what they did. It's just not going at it full force. Uh, I just think they could have just done some things a lot better and a lot smarter. Um, Mm. But yeah, overall, looking back, it's just one of the worst trades of all time. And the trade that people actually, in my opinion, was even worse. Um, Yes, going looking back now this trade is worse but right before that giving up the tenth overall pick for an old Gerald Wallace that trade gets lost in the in the fold all the time because everyone just likes to talk about the trade for kg and Pierce but that one at the time at least made sense at the time when they gave away that pick for Gerald Wallace we all knew like I just knew like how could you do that like that's just that's just Idiocracy, like that is just so stupid to give up a draft, pick, which ultimately turned into Damian Lillard. So that was the first thing. Um, and looking back, yes, the trade is horrible, but there were plenty of worse moves before that that were horrible that led to that move. Uh, the Joe Johnson uh, trade. Um, I understand getting Joe Johnson. They wanted a semi-superstar, uh, uh, but then they gave up draft picks for that. Darren Williams at the time they had to do that I still looking back like he wasn't wrong for doing that but Darren Williams honestly killed the Nets too soon as he signed with the Nets started eating burgers and donuts and didn't really (laughs) care about basketball like all he really cared about was he got his money and that was it he was never the player he was in Utah um so yeah I mean when he made that trade for KG Pierce and I think it was Jason Terry at the time um didn't hate it at the time because where the nets were uh, they were one of the better teams of the east um so it made sense but the worst thing with the billy king error i think personally was the things he did beforehand leading up to that yeah those are all good points uh, i think the biggest thing with king was just
1: his lack of negotiation skills or just poor negotiation skills where because the nets were for a while they're really in the contention in the east and he probably didn't think those picks would matter or the pick swaps would be that effective um, but letting those go and not having protections on the draft picks. Um, yeah, at least,
2: at least the number one like overall protection. Like how exactly? How does that happen? That's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: So the Nets right now are thirty-six and thirty-six, up two and a half and like nine to play. Do they make the playoffs?
2: I think they will. Yeah, I, I do. I think they probably a 1st
0: exit, but they'll make it and yeah. then get.
2: I mean, I, honestly, I don't have too much expectations, but they're already one year ahead of schedule. Um, I know, I think right now, it would be Sixers-Nets first round, which obviously, seeing the Sixers firsthand, I honestly think the Sixers are going to win the East, in my opinion. I just think they have the best, by far, the best starting lineup in the East. Um, I think Milwaukee's going to have a tough time just because after Giannis, um, having Chris Middleton as your second best player is not ideal. Um, I do like Toronto, uh, but just something just doesn't feel right there with Toronto, with uh, Kawhi. Like, I feel like he still is not going to be resigning there. So I don't know. Just as good as they've been this year, I don't fully, fully believe in them. And then the Celtics, who knows with the Celtics? But um, yeah, they're not looking too great either. So I honestly think if I'd put my money on any team, it would be the Sixers. Uh, so as being a Nets fan, that's probably the one team I don't want to face in the first round, but it will be fun. Like being living here in Philly, um, hoping to at least go to one of the games if that's the matchup. Um, so, yeah, it would be a fun series. Um, but, yeah, I do think the Sixers are going to win. So, if that's the matchup right now, not too thrilled about it. <laughs> I uh, right actually Sixers.
0: you matched up on in Toronto. So, you'd pull Toronto. you seed. Toronto's a 2 seed. Okay. Uh, based on where it's at. Sixers would pull Detroit. Milwaukee pulls Miami. And that's a walk. Okay. And then the Pacers and Boston would be the 4-5 seed. Okay. We've I,
2: talked honestly, about this. I honestly would feel a little better about going against Toronto than it would the Sixers, to be honest. I really would. I honestly think the net. I don't think the Nets would win the series, but I would not be shocked if the Nets won two games in that series. I honestly think they can. They have nothing to lose. A team going in with nothing to lose is always a dangerous team. Yeah, I think they'll give um, somebody a hard series. Even Philly. Like, I,
1: I believe in the Sixers like you do too, but I think they're very volatile that they could – their highs are very high, but their lows could be very low.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So I wouldn't look too. I I want Miami of all those teams as a Sixers fan, but I don't oh, think yeah. we can get to that spot.
2: How are they even in the playoffs? It makes yeah. Sense.
0: Uh, just the bottom half of the East is pretty weak. I mean, Miami right now's thirty-three and thirty-six. They got thirteen to play, so it's still, still possible. Um, you know. Just kinda look of, as I'm looking at the quick projected matchup. I mean, you know, if you look at Toronto and Brooklyn, Raptors lead the series two to one. Uh Brooklyn pulled a one point win lost by about fifteen and then had a two point loss recently in February. So it'd be an interesting matchup. I think like I said, I think when you kind of hit the playoffs, it's about getting hot, it's about doing the right thing, it's about staying healthy. Yeah. Um one key injury, like you said, if you know something happens to G in Milwaukee, they're obviously toast.
2: Yep. help. So, yeah,
1: for yeah. sure. So, I guess the next sport to hit on, um, Jets fandom. So, you have season tickets for the Jets. You go yep. all the time. Um, it just and- goes some
2: worse. Worse. Or, yeah, it's a lifetime of injury. It's, it's
0: just going downhill. Like, the Mets, all right, cool. They, they should do all right. They, they can do something. All right. Yeah, no, going to make the playoffs. Suggest, so. that- you went from the New York Mets. Well, you're like, oh, hey, okay, best rotation in baseball you move down to Brooklyn and like hey, yeah, at least make the playoffs and now we're on the New York Jets.
2: Yep. Woof. Hey, but you know what though, I will say this as miserable of a sports fan as I am and how horrible it's been, I do think all of my teams are pointing in the right direction to be completely honest. Um yeah, so with the Jets, um the last couple of years have been miserable. Um but honestly, the best thing that has happened to the Jets in years is honestly getting rid of Todd Bowles. Um, Getting Sam Darnold, that is a tie tie for the first, obviously. I do think he is the real deal, and I am so excited to have him as my quarterback. But I don't think it's talked about enough how terrible of a coach Todd Bowles truly was. If you watch, it's hard for a lot of other people don't understand a lot of times because if they don't watch – all the games, and just looking at it from an outside perspective, like, oh, the first year they were 10-6, and six, and the second year, and not horrible, and the third year, oh, they won more than they should have. No, if you watch them on a day-to-day basis, he is was just the worst coach I've seen since Richie Kotite. And um, so, yeah, getting rid of Todd Bowles first is the thing I am most excited about. And I do think the Jets are going in the right direction. Um, I do... I, at first, I was a little hesitant, but I do like the Adam Gase hire. Um, the Jets could potentially have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, they're not done yet this offseason. I love the uh, C.J. Mosley um, signing. love the uh, the Bar signing for the one day <laughs> until he,
1: <laughs> he changes his mind. Yeah, um, we had one of those with Frank Gore a couple
2: years ago. Yeah, so like no, who, had,
0: who, had the, who had the better career, uh, Anthony Barr in New York or Frank Gore as part of the Eagles? It's
2: a toss-up. it really is um yeah i don't know that's one of those sports debates i'll be talking about for years to come (laughs) Um, we can talk about
1: darnold a little bit um i know i liked him a lot coming out of school i think there were a lot of positive signs last year and now getting him with Gase, who i'd like to see what he can do with a quarterback that's not ryan Tannehill. yeah and he has some weapons now um having Bell in the backfield just should provide a threat and Bell's, you know, ability in the passing game, I think can just be such a game changer for a young quarterback. Yeah. I guess, Drew coming out of school, how, what did you think of uh, Sam Darnold?
0: Um, I was quite high on Darnold. Um, I have to go back and and kind of go back through the where we were on the rankings, but um, I liked a lot of Sam. I was really high on him, especially in the preseason. Uh, I saw a lot of growth. I saw a lot of uh, being able to make multiple reads, be able to go that way. So I think the future's bright there. Um, I mean, we've moved on from the butt fumble, uh, which is probably the highlight of GF there for a bit. Uh, he did go actually take him pretty good to start his career, went all downhill from there. But, yep. you know, I, I think Darnold should be good. Uh, like you said, I think you're right, Dave, with Bell coming in, that'll give him a nice outlet. Uh, somebody in the backfield can make some work. Um, but it's go- all going to be on Gates. I think it's really – this will be whether Gase is actually the guy everybody thinks he is or if he's just that flash in the pan – he looked real good with Alshon and, you know,
2: having that kind of offense. Yep. I agree. I think um, I do like a couple things about him. I do like how he has that um, experience already. Um, coaches, I know a lot of times um, when they go to this, sec- this is pretty much it for him. So he, ha- he knows the pressure's on him. He has to win now. Rumor has it, what I've heard, is that he kind of forced his way out of Miami and that they would have kept him, but he pretty much almost like forced the owner to get rid of him. Um, he didn't really have the talent there. And if you watch the games, like dated, like the six jet games, um, that he coached against them, he's you could tell, like he's a smart coach. Dolphin fans that I know do say he's a very in good in game coach. Um, unlike Todd Bowles, um, I thought honestly this past year the Jets had more talent than Miami did overall. Um, that's, and I do think Gates going about. 500 there is not – honestly, not bad for the amount of talent that he has. So, I'm optimistic. Obviously, you don't like hearing that all the players hated him and pretty much like melding off to the owner and, yeah, not being a winner there. That stuff does scare you. But, honestly, pretty much a dead corpse is better than Todd Bowles. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I I know people don't understand it who don't watch the Jets every weekend, but he honestly – he did things that made them worse. Take, for instance, a game this year. Against, I think it was against Miami. The center had a broken finger. He couldn't hype the ball. 99.9% would sub the center out, but Todd Bowles doesn't like to make adjustments, and he's against making changes. So he leaves them in there, and the center obviously fumbles the ball multiple times. I know Todd Bowles is a nice guy. And he's a very good defensive coordinator, but he honestly was that bad as an NFL head coach and everyone loves to give him credit for the first year going 10 and six that was one of the things that pisses me off the most because that first year was not a success if it would have been a success if they would have beaten Buffalo the last game of the season to make the playoffs they all they needed to do they had one they beat New England they beat the Giants all they needed to do was beat a Buffalo team who was completely decimated with injuries not making the playoffs. seven. I think at the time they had six wins or seven wins, nothing to play for, and they just come in there lay an egg. And Todd Bowles does what Todd Bowles does, doesn't make adjustments. So, yeah, everyone likes to talk about the first year being such a successful year for the Todd Bowles. They were going 10-6. and six, But looking back, it was not impressive. They had a very easy schedule that year because they came, in, they were in last place the year before, so they got to play a lot of um, of the – of the last-place teams in other divisions. That year, the NFC East was not a good division. So the Jets pretty much won most of the games as they should have won. They had a good offseason. They got Revis back when he was still somewhat close to Revis. They got Cromartie. They got um, James Carpenter. They had a good team that year. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick played out of his mind. Jets should have made the playoffs that year. But in my opinion, Todd Bowles was one of the main reasons they didn't make the playoffs. Then the second year comes. Jets underperformed completely. They lost the locker room by week three. Sheldon Richardson and Brandon Marshall fighting with each other. Uh, so that was a. I think Todd Bowles should have been gone after year after that year. But again, the Jets wanted to keep him. So the next year, and then the Jets obviously win more than they everyone thought they would. So Al is looking in like, oh, Todd Bowles is a good coach. How do you get the Jets to five wins? Which that probably was the highlight of his coaching career there, to be completely honest. Like that's probably. The most impressive thing he, done, he did, but when your highlight is outperforming expectations and winning five games, that just shows how crappy of a coach he really is. So, yes, I I am I do have my hesitations about Adam Gase, but I am excited that we actually have someone who actually looks like he'll care, at least.
1: All good points. Um, two takeaways from that. One, I wish this was a video podcast because you are passionate about Todd Bowles. Yes. Number two, <laughs> number two. Um, I like what you said about young coaches and learning from their first job. So talking about Gase, he showed some positive signs in Miami. Um, Tannehill, you know, did take some positive steps there. Even Osweiler was okay in limited time. Um, I think having his first job and so quickly moving on to the next one, he can probably take some things from Miami that he would have done differently, especially with – exiting some of the unhappy players, like pushing Jay Ajay out, um, trying to send that message that way. Maybe he'll learn that that wasn't necessarily the right way to go about it. Yeah. Um, and having another opportunity in the same division hopefully gives him a chance to make some better decisions going forward.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, the whole, the, whole, the whole thing breaks down to is at this point, somebody has to be New England. Uh, so you've got to figure you have to finish. If you're going to win a division, you're going to have to win a lot of games. Yeah. Otherwise, now you're playing the wild card. You get figure it, it just gets tough. You figure the Raiders got a lot better. Uh, they're making a lot of great moves. Yeah, uh, John Gruden's a quiet genius out there. <laughs> so you figure the West has gotten a little bit better. You take a look at you know the with the North, they've gotten a lot better because you figure Pittsburgh's still pretty good. The Browns are supposed to be really good. Yeah. So even in the South, you look at Houston yeah. and Indianapolis. Like it's it's going to be it's a
2: tough road to get to the playoffs. It is. It really is, and it's brutal. Be having the Patriots in the division every year too. So yeah, going into the season, as you just said, Andy, pretty much going in knowing that your main chance is winning the wild card and pretty much have no chance at the division. It's it sucks. It's really frustrating. And but I will say this, uh, Patriots, I do think are beatable. I know that's crazy to say, and obviously they just won a Super Bowl, so I sound even dumber. Right now, saying this, but the Patriots, what they do, ha- the biggest advantage that the Patriots have is they have six games against the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills every year. So basically, essentially, all they have to go is 500 the rest of the way, and they have a first round bye every single year. This year, they obviously, they, I mean, it's so, I, mean I know it sounds bitter, like trying to take away what they've done, because it's obviously incredible the Ron Belichick and Brady are the best coach quarterback in the history of the NFL. But they, when you watch them, they're not like, they're not unbeatable. They're really not. Um, Every, if the it's somehow sometime is going to fall down. And I know it, I know I just keep saying it, but that is such an advantage having against and how incompetent those three other franchises have been. That I honestly do feel is the biggest is the biggest reason besides Belichick and Brady for the success of the Patriots. So the Patriots' defense, I don't think is going to be as good um, as years past. They let obviously players on offense go. So at some point they are going to lose. But I know everyone says that at some point they're going to lose. But if the Jets, if Sam Darnold is as good as everyone thinks he's going to be, including myself, Jamal Adams is. In my opinion, he could legit be a defensive player of the year candidate this year. Like, he is incredible. The Jets do have still cap room. They have good young talent. Beating New England in the near future, I don't, I still don't think the Jets are going to win the division this year. I still do think it's the Patriots. But within another year or two, if things keep going right, if Darnold keeps improving like he should, they could win the division eventually. <laughs> it's going to happen at some point. And, um, yeah, we just, the Jets just have to be smart. McCagna has to continue doing, uh, making smart moves. I am a McCagna fan. I do think we have the right GM in place. But, yeah, time will tell. <laughs> That's so important as you build this roster around that rookie
1: contract. I personally love the Bell signing. It wasn't even – it was pretty much almost the same money that Pittsburgh offered in their latest deal, just slightly more. Yeah, um, And to get him motivated to come in and prove people wrong from uh, – prove that he was right to sit out – um, I just think that's such a smart move, yeah, like you said, this I mean, Brady has to decline at some point. like we keep thinking it's not going to happen, but it does eventually happen. everybody falls off. Peyton Manning fell off. Yep. Um, once he hits that mark, we'll know it, but until then I'll still, I'll still bet on the Patriots, I guess. I think
2: that's a smart bet
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you keep bet on the Patriots until um they tell you not to. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've been saying this has been the decline of Tom radio for the last, you know, four years now. Um, I know we talked on an earlier pod. We expected when Patriots started out pretty poorly. This could be the end. Uh, you know, there's talk of Gronk being done, and even he doesn't look nearly as good as he used to. But I think as long as you keep Darnold, um, he keeps getting better. Gase keeps improving. The defense is pretty solid. It would have been nice to add Anthony Barr, but such is life. Yeah. Uh, we've all seen that one. So. If they're in the right direction, um, I don't think it can get any worse, so
1: we're going so he's always positives in New York. Oh, Please, yeah. <laughs> is there anything you'd like them to hit on in the draft specifically?
2: Um, obviously, as it looks right now, everyone's saying Kyler Murray is going number one. I still want to see it to believe it because pretty much if they do that and it doesn't work out, the GMs of the Cardinals, pretty much signs his pink slip right there. So if he does go number one, we're going to get Bosa or Allen. So if you get one of those two guys, you've got to be pumped about that. Uh, If you're not going to get one of those two guys, I am completely open to trading back, getting back some of those second round draft picks we traded to move up for the Darnold deal. Um, I definitely would be open to that. I would even almost be open to that if uh, we don't get Bosa. I do think Allen is the real deal. Um, But if if someone's going to offer you, Um, an extra first on draft pick or a couple seconds, you've definitely got to explore it. Um, I probably would rather take Allen and of course Bosa over doing that. But if you're not getting one of those two guys, I definitely think the best option would be to trade back and get some more picks because the Jets still do have a lot of holes. Yeah. That seems to make a lot of
1: sense given their, their spot in development right now. I guess, Drew, what are your takes on, you know, of the young quarterbacks, where do you think Darnold stacks in there just to kind of wrap a bow on the Jets here?
0: Oh, rapid ball in the Jets. If you're looking from, I guess, last year's class, obviously Baker has come out and proven he is the real deal, yeah. um, at least through what we've seen so far. In and in, as we get into our J-19 preview, we can talk more more Baker, where the Browns are. Uh, I'm not as high on Lamar as other are other people are, just because they relied on the defense. Now he's got to actually throw the ball. i say it was a little bit of a gimmick, but he was really more of a game management quarterback. Rosen, I'm I'm still big on. I just think he got a raw deal in Arizona. So either he gets traded and it works out, or he's got Cliff Kingsbury and a high-powered offense, and I think that'll get so much better. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen because I think Arizona trades back. So I, I really think Darnold's probably 2A, depending on what kind of happens with Rosen. Now I guess the kicker would be where would you stack him with the incoming? So where do you rank Darnold among – Kyler Murray, Haskins, Greer,
1: those kind of guys, Dave? Yeah, so I'd, I'd have Darnold second if you included, you know, last year's class and this year's class behind Baker. Um, still like Rosen a bunch, but it's hard to put him ahead of any of those guys. Kyler Murray for me would be after the first four guys from last year. Um, still ahead of Lamar, but I think behind Allen, behind Rosen, behind Darnold and Baker. And then the other guys like Haskins and Greer are tiered down below. Um, I guess, Harry, what's where, your take on Darnold compared to some of those other guys?
2: Uh, I think you guys uh, hit, hit the nail on the head there. Um, yeah, I would say, um, obviously, Baker is number one. Can't deny that. Um, yeah, number two, I still would take him over um, over Rosen, over Allen. I agree completely. I don't think Kyler Murray um, is going to be that great in the NFL, just his size. Um, yeah, I just am not – I just don't think he's going to be able to be that good. Um, Haskins, I don't think is going to be that great. And as much as I love Will Greer, I personally don't think he's going to be that great of an NFL quarterback either. Um, So, yeah, I would probably take Darnold uh, right now as number two. But I will still say this also. I do think he does even have more upside than Baker does too. Um, Baker obviously was much better than he was last year. But if I still had to redraft that now, I still would take Darnold over Baker, um, just mainly because of the upside that he does have. Baker had a much better supporting cast last year um, than Darnold has. Um, he is as great as he is. Like, there is some flaws with Baker. Obviously, Darnold has flaws, too. Um, but, yeah, if I had to put my money on it, I would take Darnold just because seeing what he could do and just seeing a couple of those couple incredible plays that he would make last year. Um, yeah, I think he has all the potential in the world. And so, yeah, I know I probably sound dumb saying that, but I still would take Darnold going forward.
0: That's quite a hot take. Um, I think that'll <laughs> probably just about wrap us up. So I think on that bombshell of <laughs> Harry and Darnold, over Baker and everybody else. Going forward, going
2: forward. Uh, I'll take Darnold. Going forward. forward. All right. Okay. okay. So saying, so they're so redrafting. Hard. So far, they're, they're, they're redrafting.
1: definitely taking Darnold. Before we get out of here, let's give uh, let's get a pick for the number of wins for the Mets and Jets this year.
2: We'll go around the room on this. All righty, so let's start with the Mets. I'm going to say gonna say 88 for the Mets. Okay. Whew.
1: This guy's ballsy. I'm going to say 84 myself. Um, again, like what they're doing, like the pitching staff. Um, Wilson Ramos, as you mentioned, is underrated pickup. He was really good in Philly
2: last year, can really hit. The only reason I say eighty eight is because if things are going well, they are gonna add another bat, a big bat, um, during the season. That's just the Wilpons' mo. As horrible as they are, they will add someone if things are going well. Um, and Shane so, yeah. Alonso can mash. I can't wait for that guy to play first base. Yeah, um, they they do have good. I think Conforto is going to finally have a monster year. The Conforto they supposed to be, and yeah, as long as the pitching holds up, I do think honestly. I know it sounds crazy saying it but the Mets could be World Series contenders get that one big right-handed bat in there I do honestly believe they could win World Series but we shall see I, I love Conforto first Andy knows
1: that already.
0: yeah are a Conforto truther
1: yep so. every fantasy league I always have to get Conforto I'm a believer too okay um all right Drew what's your pick for number ones um I say 82 okay.
0: um I I think they're in the right direction, uh, like I said, when you're solely dependent upon right now, you're starting pitching, and that rotation has to come through. Yeah, one injury, even if it's for two, three weeks, will put a wrench in the whole plan. So, you also talked about, you know, the ownership spending money. I don't see them doing a lot of that. Yeah, might make something. Like I said, they've made some tweaks to the deadline, so we might see a busier one. I just feel like that um, a lot of the teams that would have traded that are going to be out of it by the trade deadline have pretty much moved most of their players because uh, there's kind of a tanking epidemic right now in baseball. So yeah. I'm on them at 82. I think with still getting better, uh, Atlanta's still pretty good. Nationals are still pretty good. Like I said, there's four really good teams there in the East, so I think they're going to get cannibalized. And the lack of probably death behind their starters is going to be an issue.
2: Yeah. If if things go wrong, I do have high hopes for uh, Seth Lugo. I do think he's going to be the X factor for the Mets this year. Um, He's not talked about a lot, but he does have a lot of talent. He has enough talent to by far be the Mets fourth and fifth starter, probably fifth. I still do think Matts has the upside, um, but he can never stay healthy. I do think Lugo is the X factor that he could come in. He could pitch a couple innings, kind of like the uh, Ramiro Mendoza um, type player of the Yankees years ago. Um, he has so much upside and I know uh, Gazzelman also could be moved to the starting rotation, but yeah, Gio Gonzalez would be the perfect player for the Mets to add right now is number five. Um, yeah, but yeah, I agree completely that the Mets could definitely use some additional, uh, starting pitching depth. That is for sure. Cool. And then closing out with the jets.
1: Um, I'll make my prediction. So I'm going to say seven wins. Um, like what they're doing, I think they're on the right track, and that division outside of the Patriots is pretty bad. Especially with Miami, it seems like almost in full tank mode. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffalo, I like Josh Allen. I like him from fantasy perspective even more, but um, I don't love exactly what they're doing up there. Especially there are three running backs almost add up to 100 years old, but Gore, <laughs> Ivory, and McCoy, which is yeah. insane. That's wild. Yeah. Um, I'll kick it over to you, Harry. What's your thought?
2: My prediction is ten. Um, Whoa! This guy's crazy.
0: Whoa! That honestly,
2: no. But here's why: for World
0: Series to ten wins for the Jets. I am
2: telling you, things (laughs) for the Mets, Jets, and Nets are going in the right direction. Um, here's why it's ten. So I do think the Dolphins are going to be horrible. So I do think they should beat them twice. The Bills, as you said, are going to be horrible. So that should be four wins right there. Um, looking at the rest of the schedule, they don't have that. That. The schedule's not terrible. Definitely a couple winnable games. So say if they went just 500 the rest of those games there, that's 10 wins right there. Um, We're playing, I think it's the NFC East this year. I do think the Giants are going to be really bad. I do think the Redskins are going to be really bad. And I'm not a Dak Prescott believer either. So I think the Cowboys are winnable there. Um, So just breaking down the numbers like that, if I had to put my money on it, I would say 10. When you break it down like that, I guess the divisional matchup
1: is pretty positive.
0: Yeah, 10 uh, is probably a little bit more more than I would go with. So I'm actually going to – I'm staring at their schedule right now. Just give me one second because I'm going to write this down as I do it. So I figure um, – and I haven't seen the – I just see who they're playing. Uh, They've got two against Buffalo. I'd say that's probably a split. I think Buffalo is better than you think. So there's, there's a win. I think the question for the Dolphins is going to be which Fitzmagic do you get? Are you gonna get the be win? Magic. Yeah, it's gonna be it's either he's gonna to torch you for 450 or he's gonna throw six picks. Um, I'll probably give you two wins there. So now you're up to three. I think you lose both of the Patriots. I, I just don't see that split happening. Uh they kind of got your number you're the kryptonite. You've got Cincinnati Bengals. They were six and ten last year. I'll give you a win there. Now you're up to four. Then you pull the Cleveland Browns. I think that's a loss. I, I, is that in New York? Uh, Cleveland Browns game is in New York. Yes. So that one's exciting for you. You're home against the Browns home against Pittsburgh. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, just because I'm feeling generous, five Then you get Baltimore, well, you
2: guys, you're not, not Lamar Jackson believers. I'm not.
0: I'm not a Lamar guy. I really, I'm really not. Um, give him that he, one. He no Mosley. No uh,
2: Terrell Suggs.
0: All right. So you want me to give him that one? Now you're up to six. Uh, okay. You're gonna lose to the Cowboys. You will what? beat the Giants. What? You're gonna lose to the Cowboys, bro. You'll you'll beat the Giants. Now you're up to seven. Uh, you're losing to the Eagles. Then you've got no oh, Well, let's see. After the Eagles, you get the Skins. Talk to me. Uh, just you're you're gonna take a you're gonna poop to bed at some point. So,
2: but you, I want to think this. You could look at it this. Way. Just, I think I think they will beat the Cowboys, and I think they could split with the Patriots. They, I, it's sure.
0: possible, but if if you're gonna split, if you're gonna give me a split for the Patriots, then you're gonna lose one in here somewhere that you probably shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give you beating the skin. I won't give you beating the skins. I'll give you actually losing to the Raiders, but I'll give you the Jaguars unless Nick Foles pulls something out. So that puts you at eight. So 8-8 eight and eight is definitively possible if you take care of it as far as at least splitting with Bills, beating the Dolphins twice, uh, beating the Bengals, beating somebody else that had a winning record last year. Yeah. So it's close. Um, I'll probably give you probably – I'll, I'll be comfortable giving you 8. Right.
1: And even more important than the record really is just Darnold's development. Does he look good? Does Gase show some positive signs in year one? Um, I think that's kind of more important than – whether you're a wild card exit or whatever you're in the playoffs. Definitely.
2: And I'm still optimistic too, that before this year starts, we're still going to have some more signings. Um, yeah. There's still some pretty good free agents out there. Um, Justin Houston, I think still unsigned. He would fit pretty well there with the jets. Um, trying to think who else is. A, they do need another offensive lineman and yeah, let's see who they get in the draft. Uh, if they do end up with a Josh Allen or, or Bosa, I mean, I honestly do think there will be a top-ten defense with one of those guys, Mosley, Avery Williamson, um, Jamal Adams. I think the def- Leonard Williams, the defense could be nasty. And having Darnold with Le'Veon and Quincy Anua, big-time sleeper for this year. If he stays healthy, he has a ton of talent. Um, I think the offense, and Chris Herndon too, another guy that no one really talks about at tight end. He has all the potential in the world, too. So I think the Jets honestly do have the potential. It just honestly, as you guys said, Sam Darnold's development and, yeah, let's see how the uh, schedule breaks down. But I am feeling much better this year than any year with Todd Bowles. So that's definitely a plus. That's a positive. Well, thanks again, (laughs) Harry,
1: for coming on. Um, Appreciate the deep dives on all your teams. And we'll uh, try to have you back on again, maybe during the Jets
2: season. We can see how everything's going. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you for having me, guys. I really enjoyed this. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it.
0: Pre- yeah, appreciate you being on. Um, as always, you can find the podcast at Sports Pod on Twitter. You can find me, Ferraro 88 on Twitter. Uh, Dave, tell me where they can find you. D Sanders 877 And uh, Harry, where are you at? So when people want to come at you for Mets Making the World <laughs> Series, where should they find you?
2: Actually, I don't use Twitter. <laughs> oh, he's not a Twitter, not a
0: Twitter guy. So uh, you can have to save your tweets. Uh, yeah. save, save the tweets, send them to us, and we will make sure we relay them over. Yeah, uh, but if you do like the pod, make sure you do like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, it does help us. Make sure you give us some feedback. Uh, if you got some topics you want us to talk about, or if you want to come on and rant about your favorite team, let us know. See what we can get done for you.